hello there everyone and welcome back to the pretty bubbles podcast uh obviously as you can hear again daryl is not with us once again this week he, he's had a couple and that's more than enough that'll keep him tidying over for a little while longer yeah jamie is joining me today how are you my friend yeah not too bad mate i'm used to it just being us two now just saving down the four we'll see daryl probably on the end of season review but if we're yeah. lucky, if we if we get through on Thursday, I'll do anything he can to be on that pod. Um, but he's, he's basically a fair weather podcaster now. Yeah, we booked our pub for Thursday night to watch the game. So we're set for that because we totally forgot it's Paddy's days. Every pub is going to be an absolute heaven. Like, God, that is going to be carnage where you're going to be. It's, yeah, you've got Paddy's day. Obviously, the football and the racing in general is just going to be an absolute nightmare. I can imagine it now. Big carnage. And that's if you even make it to them. Oh, I, I will make it for a chill kickoff. I'm not missing <laughs> this game. It's too big a game to miss. All right. Oh, uh, well. Anyway, if I miss then... the game and West Ham get through, I genuinely won't be able to live with myself. Uh, it would be pretty hilarious, though. Yeah, right. It'll be funny. But. Yeah, I still can't believe we won yesterday. Yeah, then let's crack on with talking about yesterday. Obviously, it was Villa at the London Stadium. Um, and there's only one thing to start talking about. Uh, that is Andre Yarmolenko's opening goal of the game. An emotional moment. Obviously, you were there. Just tell me about the sort of atmosphere around the ground when that went in. I think the first thing to note is he's never been a fan favourite of the club. Like, generally, like, people would rather see him off the pitch. But the whole atmosphere when he was warming up was great. When he's, um, when he came on, rounds of applause. It weren't like a, really, we're bringing on Yarmolenko. Obviously, Daryl was like, why are, we bring, why are we bringing him on? Which was Yeah, standard for Daryl. Yeah. Um, but genuinely, he changed the game when he came on. He was the best player on that pitch. And the minute he walks on to the game finishing and... We won't win that game without him. Antonio was useless, like usual, before he went off injured. And yeah, we don't want players going off injured, but it helped us get the win. And Yarmolenko's finish was incredible. Like, how he's taken that touch and swiveled and sh- strike that home with so much power. Unbelievable finish. Really good game. Really good goal. Both our goals were really good, actually. I thought both of our goals were really good in diff- two different ways but yeah he was so good when he came on and if he starts on Thursday and plays like that yeah we got a shot got a shot yeah he definitely did sort of the way we played completely changed when he came on he j- we just looked a little bit more sort of fluid he held the ball up well and you get with Antonio obviously his first touch is often quite heavy with Yarmolenko it just seemed to be a velvet touch every time the ball came into him and he was really bringing it under control nicely some nice little passes and like you say the way he took that goal the ball in from Ben Rahl was fizzed in in at him a bit takes a touch kills it dead and then does like a little hop from one foot to the other as he yeah. hits it with the outside of his left foot um and obviously the the post um said like the celebrations after that goal he's sort of broken down um, and from what I've heard, obviously we didn't see it on the TV, but from what I've heard from various places, even the Aston Villa fans were applauding uh, the goal. Yeah, I, I I can't really say. I weren't really looking in that direction, but yeah, they seemed like they were in good spirits. Like they weren't trouble whole game. 
like yeah credit to them they were good but just such a big win actually massive win really in the context of it because you feel like if we'd lost europe's gone i have to admit but yeah i think the um the main sort of thing was obviously we were on a bit of a downward spiral with our last few results villa were really hitting a run of form um coutinho watkins and ings were working really well together um they'd scored about nine goals in their previous three games without conceding so it was like everything was pointing towards a real struggle um and i think we built it all off a solid defensive base they had a lot of the ball especially in the first half but never really tested us the, the only real test was in the second half with fabianski saved not long before our goal which he tipped onto yeah. the post and what a save that was unbelievable that i said it live like that looked great and then you see the replay like a lot of people say luck to go off the post back to him but you make your own luck when you pull off a save like that yeah like, you'd feel really hard done by if that fell to a striker i have to admit first half was dog shit first half was a terrible game of football like match of day highlights showed there was two highlights in the first half and both of them weren't great chances they were solid but first I just think at the moment, Antonio getting injured might not be the worst thing for us. As long as Bowen comes back, I don't think it will be the worst thing for us at the moment because I really think he's a passenger in this team at the moment. And he's soaring go off. Um, let me get up. I think he went off in about the 62nd, 65th minute, something like that, weren't it? Yeah, there was just I, under half hour to go. Yes, timeline. Um uh, so, yeah, I'm just having a quick look. Yeah, he went off in the 52nd minute. So, oh, right, he actually off, yeah, it was quite early. Um, obviously, they had the chance at the 60th, but the 38 mi- uh, minutes that Yarmolenko was on that pitch, we were better than the other 52 minutes. But I would like to have seen the XG breakdown between minute 52 to 90 and minute 1 to 52 because... I think XG had it roughly a draw, if I remember correctly. But we were just so much better in the second half, so much more fluid. Yarmolenko seemed to run the channels better. Yeah, he's still not going to be in the box merchant scoring tappings from crossings, but he was better. He just felt like he created more for us and we we got more into the game once he was on the pitch. I can tell you uh, where quite a lot of our XG would have come from, which is one thing I wanted to talk about. It was 1.51 to 1.23 was the overall XG in that game. Yeah. You'd have got to imagine a large part of our XG would have been for that Craig Dawson missed header, which I think might be one of the worst misses I've ever seen. I think the problem for him is, I'm not saying he it's he should, it's a bad miss. He, over, he probably runs him so much pace. He starts that run from like the edge of the box, it felt like. And I think he just gets too close to him. He's trying to like get back and he's just jumped early. But it's a bad miss. How he's missed that. Also, the commentary said it was one of the best saves of the season from Martinez. I was like, really? It's a, like, it's a good save, but it's a save you're expecting the keeper to make. It is down his throat. He's, he's got quick reactions to get his hands up, but all goalkeepers should have quick reactions. If he doesn't save that, people are going, GK? Like, really? Like, it wasn't a save of the season. It was bog standard, pretty ultimately. Yeah. I thought. And I feel, I feel like they really underplayed how bad Dawson's miss was. Like, 
Yeah. For me, yeah, like I say, it, it was an absolutely terrible miss. And if we didn't come away with the result from that game, he would have been absolutely kicking himself probably all the way through until Thursday night. Mm. Um, so a couple of things um, while we're on the subject of Craig Dawson. We've obviously spoken about the Yarmolenko goal, but his ball in the build-up for that goal, the cross field, like drilled it across to Yarmolenko because a few times throughout that game, I watched Dawson try and play out from the back and had a mini heart attack as he almost gave the ball away. Uh, but then to pull that one out of the bag, that's very un-Dawson-like for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, neither of our centre-backs are generally big, like heavy, great passes of the ball. They're not going to do cross-field passes and split defences. That's what Diop's probably the best defender in our team for. But... It was such a great pass. It was weighted perfectly. Like it was like he didn't have to like readjust or chest it down. He could just take it straight into stride and carry it forward. A lot of people were quite angry as well when Ben Rama cut inside and didn't lay it out to uh, Creswell. Oh, it weren't Creswell, Johnson. Johnson at that point, yeah. Yeah, it was a really good bit of football. It was quick, and this is the thing: if you play with pace, you're gonna catch defences out of position and both of our goals showed that like we played a great cross field ball Ben Rama gets the ball in quickly instead of laying it wide where they can probably drop their line a bit more and Yarmolenko takes not a first time shot but a shot that no one expects him to take to get and, so quickly yeah the, the whole phase of play was played at such a quick pace that the time from probably Dawson's ball to the goal going in happens in less than 10 seconds. So you've gone from your own half into the, a, a goal in such quick pace. It was a really, really good goal. I thought both of our goals were brilliant. Yeah, and like you say, the thing about them Rama with the overlap, where it was done so quickly and that run happened, so Johnson's run takes the fullback away, which opens up that space for Ben Rama to come into. So, he, yeah, either way, he could, have, he could have played it on the overlap, but obviously it worked out for the best in mm. the end. Um, let's quickly chat about that second goal as well because we haven't really spoken about it yet. Declan Rice instrumental again, wins the tackle, like wins the ball, breaking up players he does, and then driving on like we've seen him do so often this season. Sends um, Dominic in for a hot dog. He does send him for a hot dog. Plays into Ben Rama, who gets his second assist of the game. Do you think the keeper should be doing a little bit better for here for this one? See, one of my mates said this, but I don't know if I agree. He's going back across goal from the cross, and then he's got to dive back across himself to save it. I don't think it's. I don't think Fornells finishes it brilliantly, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's a must save where he's got to transfer his body back across to himself. I think he'll be more disappointed because he got a hand to it, but I think that was more because he actually done quite well to get to it. I personally don't think he should save it. Yeah, I, I don't think the keeper could do much more personally. I don't know about you. I think he's. I think the main thing is he's unsighted because Mings is diving across in front of him as well. Yeah. Um, but like you say, I think it, because he's got his hands, but he probably will be disappointed in himself that he hasn't kept it out. But he's probably seen it late because of Mings going across in front of mm. him. So, um, yeah, but you know, overall, back. yeah, I'm just yeah, watching it back now. Yeah, I, I think he's unsighted on it. I don't think the full nails finish is great, but yeah, I just don't think there's much more he can do, personally. I think he's quite unlucky. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, one of the key things for me in this game was the the Rice Coutinho battle because Coutinho's obviously been fantastic for them in recent weeks. He's been really putting the strings. Uh, but I feel like Rice marked him out of the game for quite long periods. He was there breaking up play, and they analysed this a bit on Match of the Day last night as well. Mm. Um, but also at points you were seeing Coutinho have to come so far deep to pick the ball up because he wasn't getting that space that he wasn't able to do what he's been doing in recent weeks. I think that again mm. just goes to show what Rice means for this team. Yeah, I, I, I credit Rice as well mainly, but I think as a team we that was one of our big tactics. Like I saw a lot of people moaning in the stadium that we weren't pressing high, but I don't think that's never been us. We never press the teams high because that's not how we are. We sit deep, like, and then once you get into our attacking third, that's when we then press and like counter. However, anytime like. Coutinho got the ball. It was always making player away from goal, making turn a player. It was very much let's limit his attacking output, and we've done it fantastically well. He didn't really create anything all game apart from did he set up the goal for Ramsey? No, that was Buendia. That was it. Um, so by that, yeah, he weren't great all game. I must say, like it. Yeah, I, I thought we man marked him out of the game really well. I'm just trying to find like stats about Coutinho for the game like this is the thing who scored having like a 7.3 and I'm like was he that good I don't think he he was that high up for me but I think there like I say there was one of the points as well you mentioned like the 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 low block as they call it now couple of waiting for a team to come into your third and then putting the pressure on there or at least in your half there was one point when um, Coutinho got the ball uh, just inside our half and literally Rice, Suchek and Lanzini were all on him and he lost the ball straight away yeah, well, Lanzini also decided to almost kill someone in this game, which there was, there was some interesting um, fan reactions, shall we say, throughout the game. Uh, that one really, in particular, Lanzini did boot Douglas Louise in the face. He busted him open, and the fans were not me. too happy with it. Yeah, he turned into mince me. It was bloody horrible. Like you could tell, he caught him bad, but like. Like, it started with the Digne injury pretty early when Digne went down. And then a few of their players continuously went down and our fans started to get quite edgy towards the situation. And I think there was a lot of it, maybe a bit OTT. I think the worst one was Callum Chambers in the second half. That yeah. was not, nothing, absolutely yeah. nothing. But... Like the Douglas Louise one was terrible. Digne had a doff the ball injury. And we probably benefited, like Digne not being in the game really helped us. Like probably meant that we could target the right hand side a bit more where Ben Johnson look, I think ultimately Ben Johnson probably had a quite an easier game than he probably planned. Uh his attacking output probably still has to improve in my eyes. He's Same. crossing still lacks. But it was, yeah, going back to it, just a really good win. Really good win. Man U, I, I was talking to my partner and I've kind of said, I think Arsenal and Man U aren't our battle anymore. Maybe Man yeah. U, but I don't think Arsenal are our battle. They just look so good now and I think they're going to get fourth. So their game's in hand. I'll be honest, when they play Spurs, I think I just want an Arsenal win. I don't want to draw. If Arsenal go and get fourth and they run away from us, I don't mind that because it means that Tottenham aren't ahead of us. And that might, that's, 
I think I'd rather just see Tottenham fail, but Arsenal do okay. And it means that we're more likely to get sixth than see them do par. I'd just like to see one of them completely fail. And I think most likely that is to be Tottenham. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, the Arsenal are going to have to really capitulate from here to not take that fourth place. Um, yeah. Like if they if they win their games in hand, they're only three points behind Chelsea. Um, yeah. So they really have foul form. They've won nine of their last eleven. They've won five in a row in the league. So yeah, and they look a good side at the moment. Erdegaard looks fantastic for me at the moment. Mm. Um, Lacazette's like re- reformed himself a little bit without Aubameyang there. He's really turned into sort of like the classic French number nine who doesn't necessarily score all the goals, but he, a bit like Kane does for Spurs, he comes deep and links up play and he's getting assists. Obviously he scored a penalty yesterday as well. So mm. I think, yeah, it's, it's Arsenal's to lose from here. Yeah, I think um, Arsenal, Arsenal's running. They've got Liverpool, obviously, on Wednesday. That's a but big other one, than yeah. that, I, they've got Man U and us. Every other team they've got is a bottom half team. So you've also got to consider fixtures. Man U, still got to play Liverpool, still got to play Arsenal, still got to play Chelsea. So not bad. The thing is, and then Tottenham, they've got to play us. Uh, they've got to play Liverpool and that's it. So I kind of feel like that's who we need to kind of focus on. Just, I think top four was never going to happen. Like, I know we said, let's predict every week where we think we're going to finish. I think right now it's a battle between West Ham, Tottenham and Wolves sixth. But I think it's more West Ham, Tottenham. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, obviously, Spurs losing this week's done us a massive favour. Cristiano Ronaldo decided just at the right time for us to remember how to play football. Um, <laughs> so that's really helped us out a little bit. Um, one thing we haven't really mentioned, but what we briefly spoke about is Aaron Creswell um, and obviously Antonio as well, both coming off injured in the game. I haven't seen anything today coming out. Obviously, I'm assuming they'll both be sent for scans um, to assess the damage. Like you say, I think we've got coverage for both. Obviously, Yamalenko's obviously found a little bit of form now. Um, that goal would have really helped his confidence. Mm. Uh, and obviously, we've got the option that we did yesterday which is Fredericks at right back and Johnson at left back. But for me, um, and I assume you agree with this, I think Cresswell will be the bigger miss out of the two at the moment. Just on form and performance, yeah, I agree. And I just don't think Antonio's bringing much to the plate at the moment. And that's where the frustration is because I want him to be playing better. But you see how a new player came on instead of him on Sunday and we looked so much better. He'd get a, he'd play on Thursday. Yet any other player who comes on, change the game in a different position, that wouldn't always be the case. Like I just, I think that's where I'm at. I think maybe being forced into something new might actually help our season. Like it's happened before for teams. I'm hoping that might be us because it's two goals in like 19 games, and that is not good. Like, yeah, we've got, we got to hope that this really sparked us into life in some way. Um, so one thing before we take a break and look ahead to Thursday, I want to just talk a little bit about Jacob Ramsey. Um, obviously, he scored the goal yesterday for Villa. Taking the league by storm a little bit this year. Um, what did you make of him, his overall performance um, for someone that watched it live and in person? He's a baller. Like England have got three. You think England could have a midfielder, Jacob Ramsey, Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham. Like, 
that is a hell of a free going forward. It just looks, he looks a really good footballer on the ball. He took his finish really well. That weren't the finish of, it was quite, a, I, don't, I know what I'm trying to say, but I can't think of the word. He was quite delicate, well thought out. Yeah, it was. He just, just caressed it in, didn't he? Just yeah. used, I think it was Dawson, was it, that he just curled it round? It was cultured. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he, he looks a really good player. He's really stepped up since uh, Gerard came in. And I just think he looks like a really good footballer. He's 21 in May. And I just think he looks, maybe not yet, but another year, he probably will be looked at by the bigger clubs. Like I was, six- just before we started recording this, I was listening to today's Totally Football show. Um, and one of the guys on there, bold shout, very bold shout, Said he he reckons Jacob Rams Jacob Ramsey will start a game for England at the World Cup this year. What do you reckon about that? No, no. Where we've got Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, Jordan Henderson probably still be in and around the squad. If he does, it will be like we've won the group already. He's going to get a game. I don't. I think that's my point. If he does start, it won't be in a game that matters. But I, no, I agree with that. I wouldn't write him off going to the World Cup. Maybe if it was the summer, I'd have wrote him off like no chance in hell. Where it's in winter, another six months of football, four or five months of football. Yeah, why not? I'm just going to see. Like, what odds is he to make the squad? Uh, good question. Uh, and a, a sort of a good thing that we'll see um, this week, one. actually. Six to one. Yeah. That's not that's bad. It's worth a tenner. Yeah. You have got people like Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones ahead of him. I have to admit, Harvey Barnes, at, uh, sorry, Harvey Elliott at four to one. I don't hate to. But yeah, like there's a few. I'm just going to have a I think look. We'll get a little bit of a, an inclination of the way things are looking this week as Gareth Southgate is announcing his squad for our two friendies um, on Thursday. Um so that's Thursday that lunchtime. It's also sod's law that Boeing got injured just before the squad, so he probably ain't going to get called up now. Probably not, no. Um, which, to be honest, if he's still carrying a knock, don't mind that at all. Yeah, it's fine by me. Right, so that being said, we will take a quick break now uh, and then we will be back to look ahead to the second leg of our Europa League last 16 tie against Sevilla on Thursday. Right, so the big one. The second leg, Thursday night, 8pm at the London Stadium as we take on Sevilla. 1-0 down from the first leg, of course. This is massive. Um, obviously, you won't be there in person. Um, Severe coming off the back of another disappointing away performance mm. um, as they drew one all with Rayo Vallecano uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, Rayo Vallecano side who are sat in 13th in the league. They've been struggling is, recently, haven't they? They haven't won their games of life. Away record now, that is now, I think, eight games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven away games without a win. 
in, in also, all competitions. That was Rayo Vallecano's first points in the league since the 9th of Jan. And yeah, they haven't won a game since game week 18. So they've picked up two points in the last 10 games. So yeah, that's not a good result for Seville at all. Yeah, that's terrible, actually. If that was where Stan would be absolutely raging. We definitely would. Um, Rakitic did come back into their side, um, so it's quite likely that we'll see him. Uh, and obviously, Thomas Delaney's back as well after he was suspended for the first leg. So that will change their lineup, especially in that central midfield area. Um, but other than that, going forward, uh, we saw Rafa Mir come back into the side as well, um, mm. who didn't play uh, on last Thursday. Um, obviously, Corona played and, and Nezari played up front as well. So, ringing the changes a little bit, obviously, we don't know exactly how they're going to line up. Um, but how what, what would you make of this game, obviously, with our injury concerns now? How do you see us lining up potentially? Uh, and can we do it? We can. 100% we can. I don't know if I think we will. I, I just... Got a small doubt. I think this is going to be a terrible game of football to watch. Just, <laughs> It'll be cagey, wouldn't it? I I think they're going to play this gritty, dirty, terrible game of football. Take a nil-nil. They're, I just don't think they're going to come here to try and beat us. And I think they're very much going to go here with the instinct of a draw's fine. And I, I guess my thing, do I think we're good enough to break us down? Probably our tat's been looking better, but Seville have got Jules Kunde and many other players that their defense speaks theirself. Like, look at what their record is in the league. See, it won't be easy. I, I still say it again first goal's huge. If we get that first goal, especially quite early, the game opens up. And if the game opens up, then we've got a hell of a shot. I just don't know um, if we've got... I don't know. I just don't know if we're good enough to do it. I, I, I think, I just I think, think it's one of the so key good. things for me is will Bowen be back in this side? Because I think yeah. that really changes things for me. Yeah. I'm just reading. It sounds like both Antonio and Creswell are massive doubts. Right? Yeah. Which isn't a surprise. Um from what everyone's been saying, Bowen's likely to be back, which is big. If Bowen is back, I don't know what our team would be. But, yeah, it's it might just have to take a moment of magic from someone. And I hope it's Yarmolenko. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd love it for him to do it again. I think for me, with the Bowen thing, I would... Very right. Obviously, we play Everton on Sunday. Mm. If it's down to one or the other, I'd strap him up, send him out against them. Oh, if he has not, to miss Sunday and then an international break, then it's so not, be it. It's not Everton. Spurs. Oh, sorry, Spurs and Everton's after the international break. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, getting completely mixed up there. So yeah, but even then, I, yeah, two massive games, haven't they? But I think this game has so much weight about it. Strap him up there, send him out. Mm. Um, he might miss the Spurs game, but then he's got two weeks to recover. Yeah, it's what sort of team would you line up? I think we know like our back four and our centre two. Well, we've so it's going to be Ariola, 
Yeah. In goal. Johnson and Fredericks. Johnson and Fredericks on the full backs. Dawson and Zuma in the centre. Um, Rice and Suchek uh, in front of him. And then it's going to be Lanzini, Lanzini probably plays again. Lanzini for now is Bowen Yarmolenko. I think he does. Yeah, unless he wants to play Bowen up top and play Ben Rama as well. I, yeah. I don't know. It's so hard to tell. Obviously, Vlasic has picked up a knock now as well, so it looks like he might not be available. So that throws like that's another one out that we can't mm. really rely on. So it's I, I genuinely haven't got a clue what we're going to yeah. do in those yeah, what, four or five. I don't think it'll be easy, and I don't know what he'll do. Ben Rama seems to be his easy one out at the moment. So I think Landini for now's Bowen, if all fit, start. And it's then down to who plays that last position. Do we go Bowen up top and then bring in Memrama? Do we go Yarmolenko and put Bowen out wide? Does Vlasic start up top instead? And leave? I don't know. That really is hard to tell. But I just think after Yarmolenko's performance on Sunday, he warrants a shot up top. And I don't think it'll be a bad thing because also he can, uh, you can do invert him with Bowen during the game too, where they're both left-sided players, yeah. uh, right-sided players with less, with left-footed. So that's what my personal preference would be. I think, yeah, I think I'm, I'm probably inclined to agree with you there. It's it's going to be so tough. Obviously, we know how good they are, especially defensively. It's going to be so tough to break them down. So. Whatever we do, we're gonna be at, have to be at our best to get anything out of this game. Um, I'm not gonna do our predictions now. I think I'm gonna wait until a little bit later mm. in the week until we know more about who's available, who's gonna be playing until those lineups are announced because there's so much that could change and so much is still up in the air between now and then. Um, but obviously, all we can do is just hope and pray for the best. Yeah, uh, I'm going to put like a prediction in in case, obviously. I get messed up and I die and I forget to text. Um, I'm going to go boring nil-nil. Just going to go for a boring nil-nil. There we go. That is very boring. Do you know what this is? I'm hoping I'm wrong so that West Ham get through. I really hope I'm wrong. Fair enough. I will... Probably... I'll tell you what, I will put one in for now, but this is obviously very likely to change um i am gonna go for a one all draw um so like you i don't see us progressing uh, i just think it might be a little step too far um i can see it being a game where we're really having to throw everything at it as it goes on mm -hmm. and it could even end up as they nick one at the end as well potentially so yeah. something like that uh, it's gonna be hard to break them down but i'm gonna go first goal scorer Declan Rice, Captain Marvellous, to really drag us through to try and get us through into that, into the quarterfinals. Um, but yeah, obviously we will try and get something out after Thursday night. Obviously, Jamie probably will not be on that one uh, as My he chance. will be at Cheltenham. Um, so hopefully we can get something out on Friday if I can drag the any of the other two along with me. Um, for once in their sorry lives. Um, and then obviously, because we've got to talk about the big one on Sunday afternoon uh, as we as we face Spurs, which is obviously a massive game in 
the battle for European football next year. Spurs obviously don't have any other route into Europe at the moment. Um, we still have the Europa League, but that might be gone by the time we play them on Sunday. So, mm. yeah, we'll try and get something out there. In the meantime, um, you can obviously get involved with us on social media. We're Facebook, Pretty Bubbles Podcast, Instagram at Bubbles underscore podcast, and uh, sorry, Twitter, Bubbles underscore podcast, and Instagram, Pretty underscore Bubbles underscore podcast. Um, we will hopefully be back later this week. Um, Jamie, have a good time at Cheltenham. Oh, try yeah. to win a try to win a lot of money. Hmm. Um, you can follow Jamie on Twitter at the Jamie underscore Gray, um, and maybe he'll be posting some of his tips from Cheltenham. <laughs> if you want to lose money, then yes. But if you don't want to lose money, then no. Well, fair enough. You're there for a good time, not to exactly. win money. Any, any money you bring back with you is a bonus. Exactly that. Exactly. But it'll be good to get out there. And good. hopefully on the Thursday night, when West Ham get through to the Europa League quarterfinals, I'll be able to go and drink with my Irish friends and get very, very drunk. If you, if I feel like if we do get through, you won't make it to Friday. Gold Cup day. It's a gold Cup, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. What is, I'll just get up, walk back to our Airbnb, get changed and go straight there, but I'll be hanging out my arse up. Well, it'll be worth it if we do. Oh, big time. Well, so um, that being said, uh, thanks again, Jamie, for joining me. Um, everyone else, fingers crossed for Thursday night. We hope you have a good week. Uh, and that leaves us with one thing left to say, and that is, come on, you guys. Come on, you guys.